Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. This is Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac. Monday edition of the show. I hope you are recharged and ready for 2021. Tanner, I know you are because you're smiling, and that's a good thing. That's right. That's right. I'm ready. You are ready, huh? Kind of. Well, the Rams got in for you. I know. I'm super excited. And yeah. don't tell Randy Michelle, but I'm excited the Dolphins missed the playoffs. Why? Because that's their team. I know that's their team. Uh, they got smoked yesterday in Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo is hot. Yeah, they might be the team to beat in the AFC. You better not say that to BK now. Uh, I, I'm not afraid of BK. Well, I, I understand that, but you're gonna you're gonna take Buffalo over Kansas City? Right now, yes. You really would? Yes, I, I believe you've that lost they... your mind. Uh, maybe, yeah. but hey, to be fair, I put I put money on the Texans and the Jaguars in a parlay yesterday. Is that right? I lost, but I did. Uh, yeah, okay, but you're going with uh, you're going with Buffalo, huh? Yeah, why not? All right, what what's today's date? Let me see here. January fourth, January fourth, and you're going with Buffalo Bills get past the Chiefs, get to the Super Bowl, and then fall to the Packers. Is that right? That's pa- how it's going to go. I like the Packers because they're at home. I mean, tough to go through Lambeau with the weather. I do like the pack getting to the Super Bowl. I really do. Super Bowl this year in Tampa. Be kind of an interesting story to see if Tom Brady could have a home game as a Super Bowl. They might be the only team that could beat the Packers. Like might I look be. at the rest, rest of the NFC and I go, ugh, not written nah, in. Yeah, n- nothing really excites you. Um, it's just going to be tough to go against Kansas City. Give me Buffalo. Circle. What is it? Circle the wagons? Circle the wagons. Circle the wagons, baby. Here comes the bills. All right. Okay. Well, we're going to start with blues here today. So uh, a visit with Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic is coming up. Hey, the blues. Hey, training camp. It starts today. We're going to have actual hockey coming up. Blues have 10 days, no exhibitions to get ready against the Colorado Avalanche. What do they have to do to get ready in 10 days? Vince Dunn, if you haven't... uh, heard the news he signed a one-year 1.875 million dollar deal we'll talk about that with uh, jeremy rutherford the blues are on the ice this morning and we'll talk about it with jeremy rutherford of the athletic so that's coming up if you want to talk to us uh, 65780 that is the uh, text line the air comfort service text line that is always open for you nfl playoffs we'll get into the playoff picture here kansas city green bay they have first round buys AFC, number seven, the Colts at number two, Buffalo. So let's go through the playoff picture here. The Cleveland Browns. Yes, the Browns, they are in. Mayfield takes the snap. He's going to run it to the right. Mayfield turns the corner and got the first down on the right side. He slides inside the 40-yard line. Minkin Fitzpatrick tags him down. First down, Browns at the 39-yard line of Pittsburgh. And the clock is running with 52 seconds left to go. It's a first down, and that bench area is starting to feel it right now. 12,000 are going crazy inside First Energy Stadium. And wherever you are, 
This is starting to become very, very real that the Browns are going to go to the playoff. They're in victory formation, and Baker Mayfield takes a knee, and the clock will wind down. An amazing story. The Browns will get their 11th win of the year. They'll go to 11-5, and and they're going to the playoffs. Unbelievable. What a season. Cleveland is in, and they'll get Pittsburgh. That'll be the Sunday night game. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm happy for the fans in Cleveland. It's a cool story. Baker Mayfield, I love watching him play. I love watching Big Ben play. One of my favorite players to watch over the years. That'll be 7-15 Sunday night. Baltimore is the number five seed in the AFC. They'll be at Tennessee. That'll be at noon on Sunday. Now the NFC which uh, my man Tanner does not like to watch, apparently. True. I don't want to say that. Okay, all right. A lot of these teams backed in is what you're telling me. Yes, a lot of flaws surrounding a lot of these teams. Like the Chicago Bears. They backed in. They lost yesterday at home, but they back in. They're the number seven seed. They'll get uh, the number two seed. That's New Orleans. The Rams, they get Seattle. They'll be at Seattle. And then number five, Tampa Bay at the Washington football team. Washington with a little help from Doug Peterson and the Eagles. Al, I couldn't have done it. I I couldn't have done what Philadelphia did. I I, I just simply could not have done it. You've got men out there that are fighting their guts out, trying to win the game. And I'm not saying... Not blaming anybody. I, I personally could not have done what they did. I agreed under the circumstances. Absolutely, they're getting blown out. Yeah, and I mean, we told, we mentioned yesterday. Uh, Doug said he wanted to get Sudfeld into the game, but in this in this circumstance, come on. Yes, I was coaching and we had to win. Uh, yes, that was my decision solely. Um, Nate has uh, obviously been here for uh, four years. Um, and uh, I felt that uh, he, he deserved an opportunity to uh, to get some to get some snaps. And um, um, listen, uh, if if there's anything out there that that thinks that I was not trying to win the game, I mean, you know, Ertz is out there, Brandon Graham's out there, Darius Slay's out there. You know, all our top guys are still on the field at the end. So uh, we were we were going to win the game. So it's an obvious sign of tanking there to get a better pick, it looks like. Not a good look. And they uh, they pulled Jalen Hurts. Not good. Not good at all. I didn't like it. He probably shouldn't have a job. I- I'm surprised he's not been fired yet. I know he's got a meeting, I think, today or tomorrow, but there's no way you can bring him back. Jets fire Adam Gase, and Doug Maroney is out in Jacksonville. That happened this morning. Uh, Gase was fired after two full seasons with the Jets. Was 9-23. and Franchise record 13-game losing streak to start the season, and we know that Jacksonville, they have got the first overall pick. And there's been some talk that Urban Meyer is circling the wagons, to use your favorite term, maybe trying to get some of the band back together with his assistants, potentially getting his assistants just some feelers out to see, hey, who's got interest out there and who wants to come back and maybe getting him, Urban Meyer, in Jacksonville, dipping his toe in the water in the college game and going down to Jacksonville. They'll have, uh, you would have to think, Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. That would be interesting. That would be fun to watch. I'm not a big fan of the Urban Meyer to Jacksonville. Why not? I, I don't know. He's been out of the game for a year. He's been successful in college retread? football. Why not? Sure. 
Why not? Yeah. I mean, he's had success wherever he's been. I, I, I don't know. I, I would like to see the enemy go there to Jacksonville, now that especially would be, with Lawrence yes. coming in. You know, that would be an interesting every, – every guy that's played for him on the offensive side has said this has to be the next head coach. And you let him get the reins on the offensive side. You let him develop a guy like Lawrence. Yes, he would probably be my first choice. Um, but I'm not sure if I'm trying to get excitement in Jacksonville that I don't look at an Urban Meyer – and with their situation and with trying to generate excitement for their stadium funding that kind of thing that i say hey we've just brought in one of the most brilliant minds in the college game we got him here and we have one of the most exciting young players in recent memory to lead our team at quarterback we put these two together hey fans come on out support us support what we're trying to do financially too that's something you got to think about do you it's have a any, business do you have any concerns that Although he had success in Ohio State, Urban Meyer did. None of his quarterbacks translated to the NFL. Any concerns with no, that coming in? It's also it's about a business. I, I look at the business side of it, too. Never forget, it's about dollars and cents, man. It's a business. I'm trying to generate excitement for my fan base. And you don't think that would excite your fan base instead of just bringing out some retread? I, I think it does, but I also think that the enemy would have a better chance of bringing in more wins than I believe Urban Meyer can. What about Biennemi going to Houston? I, I'd like to see him go to... Uh, Houston's good, too. That's an interesting one, because Watson played really well under two coaches this year. If you fled the league in passing, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that would be the other one, too. If you missed it, uh, in the NBA, there was a young man that just absolutely lit it up last night. Steph is running into the front court. Draymond finds him another three. <laughs> You know, I got a lot left in the tank and just thankful to God that I'm healthy and able to be back out there playing and, and enjoying the game that I love and, you know, surprising myself from time to time. So it's pretty, pretty awesome to kind of have a night like this, obviously get the win and see where it goes from here. 62 last night. How about that? 62 last night. Jordan Goodwin, Hassan French said yesterday they will not use an extra year of eligibility to return to SLU. For next year's season goodwin indicated his decision on instagram french confirmed that he will also not return in a text message apparently that was to Stu durando of the post dispatch goodwin was taking questions from followers while in quarantine it was asked about the possibility of returning for another season quote no chance this is my last year now the one that is of interest to me javante perkins now, he could come back for another year. He's a senior, and what he's finding is that a lot of teams are targeting him. They know he is a two, uh, a go-to guy. Um, I could see him coming back for another year. Not that he's having issues this year scoring, but he's finding that teams are targeting him. Why not come back for one more year? I could see that SLU would say, hey, we'll, we'll leave a scholarship open for you. Come on back for another year. Develop for one more year. It would be of interest for me. Baseball news from Evan Drellich of The Athletic. Spring training, he writes, in The Athletic for the 2021 Major League Baseball season remains on schedule. Camps in Arizona and Florida are slated to open in the middle of February, just six weeks from now. Teams and their players have begun to prepare. Quote, we have announced the dates for the start of spring training and the championship season. 
Major League Baseball said in a statement. As we get closer, we will, in consultation with public health authorities, our medical experts, and the Players Association, determine whether any modification should be considered in light of the current surge in COVID-19 cases and the challenges we faced in 2020 completing a 60-game season in a sport that plays every day. So, unless there are government restrictions that prevent baseball from being played in Arizona and Florida, no major alterations to spring training are expected in advance. Whew. I like that news. I like it a lot. As I said with uh, Randy and Michelle, I could see maybe you have full camps open up. Maybe you have pitchers and catchers just open up. So, there's separation between full camps. You know, normally you would have, um, you know, your your. 40-man roster and some invitees come. Maybe you limit that. Maybe you have just a 40-man. Maybe you just have pitchers and catchers get there because really spring training this day and age is for the pitchers to get their arms in shape. Regulars, it takes, oh, I don't know, uh, 7, 14 days to get live at bats, games, that kind of thing. And they're they're kind of ready to go because they work so hard in the offseason. This isn't like 40 years ago where guys had jobs in the offseason and they needed a, a spring training. They, they're ready to go. They, they need some live pitching and, and they're basically essentially ready to go. Um, so you could separate people and literally we need separation because of COVID-19. So you get the pitchers in there. They they get, you know, say some guys show up at 8 in the morning. Some guys are at 10. Some guys are at noon. Some guys are at 2. And I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but maybe that's how you do it so that you can get the pitchers in there to get their bullpens in. Then you start having some live at-bats with different, you know, simulated situations with position players. And that's how you develop, at least initially, some type of spring training and then incorporate some games and that's how we get spring training rolling and then get the season off and running with or without fans maybe who knows we just don't know at this point but i do like seeing that from evan drellich that at least at this point there hasn't been hey we're pushing the season back to may 1st which is what a lot of people have been saying thus far again it's it's we're still a long ways away but maybe that gets the ball rolling to have some type of hot stove going on because in the NL Central, there has been no hot stove. All it has been has been elimination of players, even in St. Louis. We don't know about Wainwright. We don't know about Molina. We've seen Wong has not been retained. We've seen Josh Bell traded. We've seen you Darvish traded. We've seen the Reds get rid of guys. I mean, it's been nasty in the NL Central. Bad. It's going to be a bad division. Right now, it, it is right now, but, you know, time will tell. That's why I, be, I, I keep saying we got to be patient because if if we know that we have 162 games and we know that there's going to be fans in the stands or if we know what type of situation we have, 25% to 50% to 100%, well, then teams know what they have coming in. They know what kind of revenue. Then they know what they can spend. Is, is there one team besides the Cardinals that you could see if they get the idea of, okay, we're going to have this kind of revenue that may change their mind and go spend? That, All of them. Then they then they have a better idea of what they can do. I, I don't know if anybody in the Central, maybe I don't see the Brewers adding any money, even if they know they can get fans. Same with the Reds. I think the Reds. Well, then you retain players. Yeah, well, okay. I was just saying adding guys from outside the organization, okay. contract-wise. Hmm. 
it's a good question. Because I, know, I don't if, see anybody doing it. If you're the Cubs, do you keep Chris Bryant? You know, if, if I'm the Cubs, you know, for instance, if I'm Washington, I'm, I'm certainly looking at Chris Bryant. I, I would be trying hard to get Chris Bryant. He's a, he's a perfect fit. But if I know what I have coming back, I'm saying if I'm the Cubs, boy, I'd certainly love to keep him. It's a franchise type player. But if I know what my if I don't know what my revenues are, I don't know if I can keep them. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that's what makes this very difficult for all these teams. Yeah, it, tough to tell. I just don't. I could see where the Cubs were. Yeah, we know what we're doing. Yeah, let's keep Bryant. Let's keep Contreras. Let's see what we can get from those guys. One more run. But I'm looking on the outside of free agency. I'm not seeing someone say, "All right, we need an upgrade." Let's say it shortstop we'll go out and get or second base we'll go out and get a scope i don't see anybody in the nl central doing that except maybe the cardinals if they know the revenue i I think the cardinals will make moves i just think they need to have an idea of exactly what the season looks like and that's why john mosaloc whether fans want to hear this or not patience has been a key word for everybody wait to see what we have again i i know that people don't want to hear that but i don't want to hear it i want to see him go out and make moves but that's what we are stuck with at this point. We're going to switch gears, talk a little hockey with Jeremy Rutherford of the uh, uh, Athletic coming up in just a moment. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Hockey season is here. Let's talk it over with Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic. And remember to get those subscriptions to follow Jeremy. And he is covering the St. Louis Blues day in and day out. And, Jeremy, always great to hear your voice. How are things going? Good to be here, Dan. Yeah, we finally have hockey. First day of camp on the ice. Uh, Last time we saw these Blues, they were in the bubble in Edmonton. Obviously a disappointing finish. That six-game series uh, lost to Vancouver in the first round. But a lot of changes to talk about, a lot of excitement. And looking forward to getting going. What do you think uh, of just the season in general and how this is going to work with protocols, how they've set up the schedule, testing for COVID, all those things? How do, how do you think this is set up for the NHL? Well, they're doing the best they can, Dan, but this is going to be a lot different than the bubble success they had in Edmonton and Toronto. That was uh, sealed and the players did not leave the bubble. Uh, we know that they uh, thankfully had zero positive tests in either bubble the entire time. Quite a success story for the NHL, but this is different. The players balked at uh, going back to a a bubble situation. And so what we're going to have is uh, teams playing in their home cities and and they've set up the schedule as such where you're going to go to LA, you're going to go to Anaheim, you're going to go to San Jose, just like you did before, uh, but you're going to play two games against those teams. And, you know, just to retract part of that, uh, San Jose not allowing the Sharks to play home there. So they're still looking for a home. Uh, but the point being, you're going to go to these cities and play multiple games. So they're, they're trying to cut down on the uh, the health concern that way. In terms of the Blues coming off the bubble, they weren't very good there, uh, including goaltender Jordan Bennington. More on him in a moment. But just the Blues getting the rust off really for the entire NHL, even for teams that weren't in the bubble. But for the Blues specifically, how do you think that translate in, uh, translates into a very quick training camp and then a drop of the puck against Colorado on the opening night? Yeah, Dan, I think they realize now that they just weren't prepared uh, for the bubble. They, they wanted to get to their game quickly, uh, but they just kind of took that whole buildup to the bubble kind of casually, like we'll be able to turn the switch, and, and they never did. And I think they found themselves down uh, against a good Vancouver team and then uh, just couldn't recover. But I think they've turned that page. And the biggest thing is this team is so different. I think if you were bringing back uh, that in, entire roster and, uh, and maybe 
to be some hangover because face it, you're going to be playing in empty arenas still. And the blues admitted that that was tough for them. Uh, so I think if, if you had that exact same roster back, uh, you'd probably reassemble here and, and say, gosh, last time we were all together, that was tough. We're going to have to, to play a lot better, but you look at this roster and uh, a lot of new faces. We're going to see Mike Hoffman. We're going to see Tori Krug. We're going to see some uh, fresh rookies coming into uh, to the, the lineup. I think uh, you look at Jordan Cairo, maybe he gets some more time. Robert Thomas in the top six. Billy Huso is going to be the backup goalie. A new captain with Ryan O'Reilly. So, Dan, we're going to see a completely different makeup, and I think it's going to make it a lot easier for this Blues team to turn the page. So they lose Petro, but they pick up Krug. You also add Hoffman. I would assume that really, really helps your power play it really does this power play is going to be fun to watch and let's keep in mind dan that they were number three in the league last year that was under mark savard he's assistant coach that was in charge of the power play a lot of success it was fun to watch mark savard leaves after one year with the blues jim montgomery comes in the former dallas coach he's going to be in charge of this power play and wow did doug armstrong find him some tools mike hoffman fourth in the nhl and power play goals, I believe it's the last four years. And Tory Krug, the past couple of years, he's number two among all defensemen uh, with power play goals. So he's been uh, terrific in Boston. Of course, the Blues got to see that during the Stanley Cup final. So he's going to have a lot of weapons. The question I have, are there enough pucks to go around? It's a good thing that uh, Vladimir Tarasenko is going to miss. Uh, you don't look at it like that normally. But uh, if Vladimir Tarasenko is out there, he wants the power play. He wants the puck. Uh, it's going to be tough with all the, the shooters the Blues have. Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic is my guest. Um, turning the page on Petro, what do you think that's going to be like? A new captain, obviously a guy that logged a ton of minutes in different situations, but just turning the page in general. Well, I thought, you know, if you lost Alex Petrangelo, that was going to leave some sort of uh, shock uh, throughout uh, the first couple weeks, month of the season. I really did. But we all know what kind of leader Ryan O'Reilly is. So I think I talked to Craig Ruby a couple days ago, Dan, and he broke it down into two parts. He said that with uh, Alex on the ice, they bring in Tory Krug, and he's not the same type of player, but he can provide you that offense. So they feel like Tory Krug can help fill the void with uh, Alex Petrangelo leaving in that aspect. And then with the leadership group, Alex Petrangelo has been a great captain. We saw what he did that second half of that Stanley Cup season, helping uh, steer that ship after being in last place in the league. But Ryan O'Reilly has been looked at as a guy who could wear the C since he's been here in St. Louis. He's going to have a good leadership with Braden Shen, with Colton Pareko. And so I think the Blues, at least according to Craig Bruby, feel that uh, they can fill that void. What kind of player is Tory Krug in your opinion? He's terrific. Uh, phenomenal offensively. He's exactly what you want in today's NHL. Uh, he's undersized, so that kind of forces his hand in terms of being a guy who can jump up in the rush, make those passes, uh, but then uh, strike. Like He's got a great shot, uh, and he can play physical even though he's an undersized guy. And, uh, Dan, I talked to a couple NHL coaches for a piece a week or two ago at The Athletic. All of them said Tory Krug underrated defensively. There's so much focus on uh, his lack of size that you just don't give him enough when you're watching him play defense. If a larger defenseman makes a mistake, you say, oh, he made a mistake. If Tory Krug makes it, you say it's because of his size. He might not be a top pair guy who can play 25 minutes a night, uh, but he's a guy who can definitely give you top four minutes. A lot of uh, focus always on the goaltender, but in particular Jordan Bennington, who did not play well in the bubble, but prior to that was having a good season. So he's in the final year of his contract. This is a big year for him, isn't it? It is. You know, after that Stanley Cup, uh, there was a lot of uh, debate. Would he sign a long-term deal or would they go short-term? 
and they didn't necessarily talk about that long term. They decided to go with the two years. This will be the second year of that contract for Jordan Bennington. And I wouldn't say that he has a, a lot to prove because uh, he was a good goalie last year, 30 wins, one of only three goalies in the league that had 30 wins, Dan. But in terms of having the spotlight solely on him, there's no Jake Allen to back him up anymore. I felt like uh, Jake coming in last year did a phenomenal job just holding things together when Jordan wasn't playing great. Well, Jake's in Montreal now after the trade. And the backup's Billy Uso. He's dressed up for 15 games in the NHL as a backup. He's never played. He's a fourth-round draft pick who's a good prospect, but we're going to have to wait to see until he gets in here. Uh, But even if you're a talented goalie like Jordan Bennington, it always helps to have somebody behind you pushing it. And we don't know uh, about Billy yet, so we'll have to see. But a contract year for Jordan Bennington, 56-game season, he's going to have to carry the load. In terms of how they you know, with the schedule condensed and a lot of games in a short amount of time and how they approach using these goaltenders. It's not the days of Grand Fuhrer playing every game, which we literally saw him play every game. Um, So (laughs) how do you think they approach using the goaltenders in in terms of, you know, three out of four or four out of five, those kind of things? Yeah, I talked to Craig Bruby about that just a couple days ago, Dan, and he said that the early part of the season, it's just going to be a feeling out process. Remember, they have 10 sets of back-to-back throughout the regular season. So they said, uh, Craig Ruby said that what they'll do is it, it'll be a feeling out press early on in terms of uh, get Bennington probably the bulk, uh, spot, start, Billy Huso, see what he's like. But then at some point, they're going to get to a situation where they map it out. And that's typically what they do when they have two veteran netminders like a Bennington and a Jake Allen kind of map it out a couple weeks in advance. Uh, they're not there yet with Huso. They want to see how he looks early on before they get to that stage. Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic, my guest, the Blues starting training camp. And I want to ask you about Ryan O'Reilly getting the C. I loved his comments. Uh, he's saying, hey, this is a, a new role for me, new way to look at leadership. Your approach on, on what you've seen with Ryan O'Reilly is is now the captain of the Blues. Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly, to me, is a guy who was basically born to do this. And, and I know that uh, he's been with a couple other teams where probably that leadership was in question. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, in fact, in Buffalo, talked about losing his passion for the game. You know, people might hear my comments and, and think, how is that a, a born leader? But this is a guy who, ever since I saw him show up in a Blues uniform, has done everything he can on the ice, off the ice, uh, taking younger players under his wing, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of things behind the scenes that are there's just too many to go into detail with each of them. But a guy who doesn't mind taking the extra time to, to show everybody the right way how to do things. And I think that's exactly what the, the Blues are looking for. Doug Armstrong has made the comment, when you worry about the team more than yourself, that's uh, who they want wearing the C. Ryan O'Reilly is completely deserving of this honor. In terms of just a player give me a player that you're excited to watch come out of this little camp and maybe the start of the season has a different role and you think can emerge is there a player that you're kind of targeting that you really want to see well the one that comes to mind right off the top here is is Robert Thomas and I know he's been around three seasons this will be the third season he has shown glimpses of being a terrific player a star in this league I think he can be and I talked to Craig Ruby about him I said will he open up camp In a top six role, he said, yes. I said, Craig, will it be at center? And he said, yes, he'll be given that opportunity. It's his to lose. So this is what fans have been clamoring for for a couple years. They'd like to see him playing with Tarasenko. They won't get that early on with Tarasenko out. Uh, But Robert Thomas, if he starts on one of the top two lines at center, you'll see a lot of happy fans looking forward to seeing what he can bring this season. A couple more questions. I'll let you go. Great info here. In terms of Vladimir Tarasenko, what do you think the best-case scenario is for him in, in 2021? 
Well, the best thing is that, uh, and I know fans uh, don't like to hear this, but the fact that the season was delayed, you know, if they would have started in December, you would have missed a, at least three months of Vladimir Tarasenko and potentially more. But the fact that the season won't start until January 13th, Vladimir Tarasenko's reevaluation timetable is in February. So the Blues are going to take a look at him at that point. That'll be five months post-surgery. That doesn't mean he'll be ready necessarily. But in the past, his two other surgeries, uh, that timetable has, has been uh, pretty accurate in terms of getting back on the ice and, and slipping into a game. So we saw what happened last time. He wasn't quite completely 100% needed the other operation. But if they can uh, get him back sometime in February or March, he isn't going to miss as many games had they started that season in December. It's going to be fun to see how this division plays out. You've got Colorado. We know they're very good. The Blues are very good. I can't wait to see the Blues and the Golden Knights with Petro now with Vegas. How do you think this shakes out in that division? Yeah, a lot of debate. I know when fans first started to hear word that the Blues are going to be in the Pacific Division, uh, they were really upset. And and I understand why the Blues are Central Division team, centrally located. Uh, but uh, one or two of these teams, in fact, had to go out to the Pacific to make it work. The Blues actually were in favor of it. Talked to Doug Armstrong. He likes the fact that once you get out west, there's not a lot of travel in between cities. Also, they like the fact that if there's uh, – off days, which they're going to have, that they're going to have the warmer climate to be able to do some things with the team. But in terms of the competition, you got to think that it's top heavy. It's more top heavy than we see in that central division. You have Vegas and Colorado, two terrific teams. Uh, in the central, you have Tampa Bay, and then it's everybody else after that. So they're, they're going to take the top four teams in each division, Dan. So you got to like the Blues chances making the top four out west, and then it's going to be a dogfight against those teams. Uh, like Vegas and Colorado. But, man, you think about seeing Alex Petrangelo, Ryan Reeves eight times and what kind of battle that's going to become over the course of this season. These night might not be natural rivalries. You're going to miss seeing Chicago for the first time in decades. You're not going to play Nashville. Uh, don't get a chance to, to relive the Detroit uh, Red Wings rivalry. Uh, but this is a situation where these teams are going to play so many times. <laughs> I'm sure Blues fans are going to get sick and tired of seeing that Golden Knights logo and that Avalanche logo in here in a couple months. How will the Blues handle the, the taxi squad in terms of what position they'll carry and, and how are teams approaching that type of situation yeah so you're gonna have 40 players uh, 40 players in camp that's uh, 36 skaters and and uh, four goaltenders and then uh, by opening night you'll have to get down to uh, max 23 roster you'll have six on the taxi squad this is going to be a good thing for the blues to have those extra guys around now we all know the reason for it is because of uh, covid you need guys on hand uh, who are able to, to jump into the lineup if need be you can't just uh, fly a guy out from st louis to la and get them in the lineup. So they'll have that taxi squad, but it'll also be uh, at Craig Bruby's disposal to call guys off that taxi squad, just like you were calling a guy up from the minor leagues, activate them. You'll still have waivers and, and same situation you'll go through during a normal regular season, uh, but you'll have the guys with you on the team if you want to make some switches. That could bode well if, say, a guy like Scott Pernovich is, is on that taxi squad and they want to get him a look with the big club, he'll be right there. What are you hearing? I'll wrap it up with this about fans in the stands in St. Louis eventually and then fans in certain municipalities, um, you know, down in Dallas. You're in Texas, or if you look at the Florida teams, you know, they're they're opened up in many states at least partially. So what are you hearing about fans, generally speaking, with the NHL in the buildings and then uh, fans with the St. Louis Blues? Yeah, some arenas are going to be limited capacity, and some are still in a situation where they can't have fans at all. And the situation with the Blues, uh, they've announced that they won't have any fans until 
uh, late January at the earliest. So you're looking at about four home games where you expect no fans. And then they could, could, I stress could, open it up to uh, limited capacity. You know, Dan, I, I know that uh, early on that's what everybody's going to be looking at. Where can you play? Uh, who's who's going to open it up to fans? Uh, but the big question mark here is throughout the season, you know, who, uh, what kind of COVID situations are we going to experience? Are they going to have cities or teams have to shut down their home games because of the cases? You could have a situation like a city like Kansas, Kansas City, where it's just a, a city that, that can host some games if need be. I know that's been talked about. So uh, I think once they get rolling, uh, that's going to be the bigger issue, keeping these venues open. And eventually, if those numbers go down and they're doing a good job with all the protocol and keeping as many people as they can healthy, then slowly but surely uh, getting more and more fans back into their rings. Yeah, and that's the great, uh, the great news about this is that the NHL is back. The Blues are on the ice. Training camp has started. And Jeremy Rutherford back at it with The Athletic. Loved your work during the shutdown and during the bubble and waiting for hockey. It continues at The Athletic. Hey, JR, appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Anytime, Dan. Thank you. Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. And do you feel like you deserve the chance to remain the coach? You know what? If I got what I deserved, I mean, it would be really bad. That is yesterday, the head coach of the L.A. Chargers, Anthony Lynn, his press conference after their game. And Anthony Lynn just moments ago was fired as the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. So that goes with what's happened in Jacksonville, what's happened with the Jets, and I'm sure more pink slips are going to be handed out today. Our thanks also to Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic for joining us on Scoops with Danny Mack. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time now for the crossover. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Close to home or close to work. For quality tires and expert auto service, you can always count on Dobbs. Alex Ferrario is in studio. Alex and BK coming up, and they'll be with you as this is like, uh, well, I guess it's like Christmas for Alex Ferrario because the Blues are back on the ice, and we're 10 days away from the opening drop of the puck of the regular season. How you doing? This is like Christmas, Thanksgiving, birthday, New Year's, and getting married all into one, Dan. That's the excitement involved with it. I take one of those out of there, but you know, probably whatever. Thanksgiving. I understand. Of course, it would be I that one. Dan. Yeah. No, th- this is this is phenomenal. You know, it. Uh, you start twenty twenty one off right with this season starting up. I know people aren't all that excited when it comes to the start times, but I still look at this oh, as, hey stop. man, we got hockey. I will. Uh, I will stay up no matter what, just so we can see some actual hockey. Plus, all of this team right now, this roster. Time. Come on. 
This roster, Dan, has you ecstatic. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very good team. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be able to compete in what is a very tough division. I don't really uh, worry about that. I, as long you know, they got to stay healthy. Just do your own job. Yep, and get good goaltending like they always you know, mm-hmm. It comes down to the simple things that you always talk about. Is Bennington going to be Bennington like he was prior to the bubble? Uh, I was saying on the crossover, I'm really excited about Falk. I think he's going to have a really good year. I agree. I, um, I think Pareko goes to a different level. I really do. Yeah. I think he's going to be a different player. Um, I'm excited about Krug. I, I think once fans are able to congregate and go back to Enterprise Center, he'll be a fan favorite. I think people will love him. Um, I, I just I think their power play could be the best in the league. So I look at the Blues as being one of the favorites for the Cup. I really do. I put an article on 101ESPN.com today, Dan, talking about kind of five things to look at at training camp, and two of those are what you just mentioned, one being the defense. I think this defense is going to be better than what people are giving them credit for because everyone has an established role right now. You have three big defensemen in Pareko, who's what, six foot ten, it feels like, when he's on skates. He reminds you of Pronger. Uh, Scandella, six foot six. Uh, Bortuzzo six foot four. You got Gunnarsson, who's going to be a seventh defenseman, is six foot three. But then you got the fast and speed guys who can pre- prevent or present offense. And Falk and Krug and Dunn. I think they're going to be a lot better than what people are giving them credit for. And that power play, that power play, just on paper. Now look, you gotta you gotta do it on the ice, right? But on paper. Does it not remind you of the late 90s, early 2000s blues? I yeah. mean, you got the point man now, maybe not the Pronger or McKennis, but you have the point man. You have the threats on the side like a Dimitri. You got the players in front like the Kachucks. You have what you had when you won the President's Trophy in terms of that power play. Are we missing something here? Are, are we missing the depth of dealing with COVID-19? So what I'm talking about is taxi squads, or, or, or am I overplaying that to where teams will be hit with COVID-19 or, or am I overplaying that? I think teams are going to be hit with it. I mean, it's inevitable, right? Like there, there hasn't been a league yet that has gone through a season without something like this. I don't know what, to what, a, to what effect that's going to be interesting. I think the taxi squad is going to be utilized in that front, Dan, but I also think the taxi squad is going to be utilized in terms of a, a shortened season. I mean, you're playing 56 games in 116 days. You're basically playing every other night. Now, some of these other divisions, I don't know if I would put it the same as the Pacific right now, But, I mean, you're talking about going up against Vegas, against Colorado, Minnesota, Los Angeles, Anaheim, Santa. These are all big, heavy teams, Tan. So you're doing these every other night, playing this team consistently. You're going to get banged up. Like, you're going to have to utilize that taxi squad. You have depth at defense. I'm not questioning where this team's at on their defensive side. Forward is the part that I'm a little curious with because... You're already without Tarasenko, and you don't know what that's going to look like. You know, two of the three between Sammy Blade, Jordan Cairo, Mackenzie McEachern, and De La Rose are going to be on that taxi squad because you can only carry 21. But beyond that, who do you have? An Austin Pagansky? Well, he's a fourth-line guy. Klim Costin's dealing with visa issues, so he might not even be here this season. You don't have a lot of top six guys, so you got to make sure you stay healthy up there. But that's why this team's set up for success, I think, because you have depth at four lines. And what do you have coming up on the show? So we're... Uh, EK and I this week are going to preview the teams that the Blues will be playing in the Pacific Division. So today we're talking with Connor McGahee. He's the radio play-by-play guy for the Colorado Avalanche. So we'll get a little preview of the team that, uh, at least from the experts' opinion, are going to give the Blues the best competition for that division crown. All right, looking forward to it. That is Alex Ferraro. They're coming up next on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, 
with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.